Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you're all having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. I hope school, work, or working out, or whatever you're doing, I hope it's going well. And I just hope everyone's doing good. Uh, that makes me think of something. If there is ever, ever anything you need, if it's prayers for something or you just need to talk about something or anything like that, I want to make myself available to you guys. And so most of you probably follow me through social media, Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or something. Um, but if for some reason you're listening to this and you just happen to stumble across it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Pandora or whatever, then I want to provide my email link in the bottom of the show notes of this episode. So if there's ever anything that you need to talk about or need or just have questions about or something, I'd be more than happy to try to talk with you about those things. And so I just wanted to take some time at the beginning of this episode to offer that to you guys because we all need someone to talk to sometimes. And so, and maybe it would help if it's someone you don't really see all the time and someone you really don't know. And so, I don't know. I mean, whatever it is. And if you, if it so pleases you or it sounds interesting to you, you know, you may absolutely email me or text me or message me or whatever, however you want to get in touch with me. I'd be more than happy to try to assist with you in anything in any way that I can. So... Let's transition into our episode for today. So we're in the Sermon on the Mount, right? And in particular, we are on to the third beatitude. The third beatitude. So I'm going to read everything we've read up to this point, just so we're, we can read the whole thing in its entirety. So Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and he sat down, his, and his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This proverb is, or proverb, excuse me, this beatitude is probably a reference to Psalm 37, where Psalm 37 verse 11 reads, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. That's Psalm 37, 11. Meek. What an interesting word, right? Meek. So, when you think of meek, what do you think of? If you're anything like me, you probably think of meekness as kind of like calm, as being steady, as almost submissive, probably. So, the Google definition for meek, according to Dr. Google, Professor Google... Meek is an adjective, and it means quiet, gentle, and easily imposed on. Submissive. 
Hmm. That's interesting. So is Jesus calling us to be easily imposed on? I actually don't think so. I don't think so. Because when you look at the word meek in English, it actually comes from its Greek origin, uh, pros, or pros, or pros is actually more correct. Pros, which is translated as, pros is the Greek word that we get meek from, and pros is translated pretty closely in Greek to something like strength under control. So Jesus here is using this word, or at least Matthew writes down this word pros to represent what Jesus was teaching. And so this word pros here, blessed are the meek, so blessed are the pros, right? That's what he says. Uh, Blessed are the pros, for they shall inherit the earth. That's how it would be worded in Greek, except it'd be all Greek and not just that one word. But the point is, is that it's translated like strength under control. And so that's very different than how Google defines meekness, isn't it? So Google said, right, quiet... Uh, easily imposed on and submissive, right? That's how Dr. Google, Professor Google, describes and defines meekness. However, Jesus, the word that Jesus uses, or at least the word that Matthew attributes to Jesus here in Greek, that word pros, which we get our word meek from, means strength under control. In ancient Greece... I think a good word, uh, a word picture is in is in in play here. I think it should be used to help us understand what this means. Strength under control. In ancient Greece, war horses were trained to be meek. So we're talking about a war horse now, right? So back in the day, they used to, you know the cavalry rode on horses, and you know especially if you had a large cavalry force, you had a pretty strong army because horses are fast, horses are strong, and you already have the high ground when you're when you're on a horse and stuff, so that gave you an edge in battle. And you want these horses to be strong, and you want them to be powerful. You want them to be trained. But yet, you also want them to be under control and willing to submit to the rider. And so, a lot of times, this word pros in Greek uh, represents how Greece war, Greek war horses were trained to be. They were trained to be meek or pros, if you will, strong and powerful, yet under control and willing to submit. And so that's the word Jesus uses here, is pros. And so we think of this idea of our war horse that's strong and powerful, but yet it's willing to submit to the rider. That's what Jesus is using, and I think that's what Jesus is describing here. Um, And that's very different than the world's definition of meek, you know, People, people read this passage and they think, all right, Jesus is wanting you to be a softy. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Maybe another example will help us understand what this pros, this meekness means. Aristotle said that the pros person or the meek person is one who has the virtue of the mean between two extremes. If recklessness were on one end and cowardice on the other, pros might be characterized characterized as steady courage. Meekness might be characterized as steady courage. For example, a meek person doesn't shy away from taking a stand. Rather, the stand is taken at the right time, with the right people, in the right way. 
he or she submits or constrains power for greater effect on self and others. And so hopefully that word picture can help us out in reading a little bit about what Aristotle says and thinking of some illustrations, right? So in Greek understand in the Greek understanding the idea the idea is of a wild stallion brought under control. That's what meekness is. A good soldier is a meek person, right? A good soldier. You think about people in the Marines, people in the Army, Navy SEALs, you know, you name it, or a, a Roman centurion or whoever. You know, you think about whether through history or modern-day soldiers. They're meek. Why are they meek? Because they are trained to fight and defend themselves and kill if need be, but only at the command of their general or their commander, right? So that's a, that's a, that's a word picture of meekness, of pros, of pros, that Greek word where meek comes from. I'm going to only use meek from now on. I won't keep bouncing back and, back and forth between the two. But I want you guys to understand what the word that Jesus is using. Whenever he says meek, he doesn't, he's not meaning meek as the way Google defines it, as submissive and like cowardly almost. No. Jesus means this meek as like a wild stallion that's strong and that's powerful, but it's brought under control. And it practices self-discipline. And it's humble. And so a good soldier is like that, right? We, we use that example too. So let's talk about some characteristics of meekness, right? Meekness is a character we cultivate in the kingdom of God, right? None of us are naturally meek. None of us are naturally chill and willing to just submit ourselves under the role and the rule of someone else, right? But it's a characteristic of the kingdom of God, so we must learn to be meek. We must learn to be, because we are people. God has given us dominion over this earth. We are the higher life form. But we can't let that go to our heads. We are still under God, and he is still the, the, the general, if you will, or the commander. And we are the soldier, the good soldier of Christ, who only does what the commander wants. Like, yes, we have the ability to go off and do anything that we want, but yet we, we control ourselves and we are meek and follow God's will. This is what meekness means. This is what Jesus is meaning. And so some characteristics of, uh, the characteristics of meekness are as follows. So one is trust, right? The meek uh, the meek live a life surrendered to God and depend on God for everything. So we need to trust in God. A meek person trusts in God. So this is for for us asking the question, how do you know if you're meek or not? Well, let's figure out if we uh, display these characteristics of a meek person. So one, they trust in God. Two, waiting. Hope often requires waiting and trusting in God's timing. And so are you patient? Are you willing to sit back and wait for God sometimes? Like, yes, sometimes I've told people, like, things don't just happen for you. you got to work hard. you got to do things. Like, yes, to a degree, that is true. But sometimes there's some, there, there are things that are out of our control to do. And so are we going to be patient and trust in God, or are we going to say, no, God, I can do this myself. I'll figure a way. That's not waiting in patience. Uh, number three. 
refraining from revenge. A meek person does not seek revenge, right? The Bible reminds us not to fret when evil men prosper, and we must refrain from taking revenge, right? If someone comes up and slaps you, turn the other cheek to him also. That's what Jesus says. Jesus also tells his disciples to love their enemies and bless those who persecute you, right? And all this crazy stuff, all this madness. Again, we're talking about culture in this podcast, and we're going we're gonna to tie back to that in a minute. And how opposite is that, right? A meek person doesn't think about getting even. They just think about loving their enemies. And the world definitely does not teach that today. James, in the book of James, he tells us to be slow to speak and quick to listen. That's also in the Proverbs. And that's another characteristic of a meek person. They, they're slow to speak and quick to listen. And James reminds us about that. Lack of meekness makes us quick-tongued and quick-tempered. And so, that's a characteristic of, of meekness. Teachable, being teachable is a characteristic of meekness, I think. The, a meek person is open to counsel and correction, therefore they are teachable. And so we need to make sure that we're teachable people. Wisdom, being wise. James tells us that a wise person is peaceable, gentle, and open to reason. The wise welcome feedback. And so a meek person is wise. And then defending truth. A meek person defends truth, right? The meek submit to God, and they, and they submit to the truth, and they seek the truth in every situation, no matter the cost. I think about that one a lot today, because a lot of times, the problem with today is people don't like to submit. <laughs> we, we don't like to submit. We don't like to give other people authority over us. However... That's exactly what Jesus teaches us to do. That's what Jesus did himself, and that's what God wants us to do. And we will be more fulfilled, and we will be more happy if we do that. But that's not what the world teaches. The world teaches you, you're in control of your own destiny. You know better than anybody else about what you want and what you need. And that's a dangerous lie that the world tells you. Like, yes, only you can control your life, and you have to make decisions for yourself. Yes, that part is true. But... Thinking that you know better than anybody else is not true. Successful people, wise people, have counsel that they seek. And most importantly, we need to consider God in all of our options and talk to God about all the things that we do. And so the world would look at meekness as a weakness. However, meekness is not a weakness. You are not a pushover or a doormat like Google tries to tell us, according to their definition of meekness. That's not true. It is not a lack of convictions, right? Um, the second part of Matthew 5.5 5 is the reward, right? The, the blessing that comes from being meek is that they shall inherit the earth. The world tells you that the meek are weak and are losers. That's what the world would tell you. People who are easily trampled on, meek people are losers. However, Jesus says that we will inherit the earth. Is this a new thought? No. God's plan and design for Adam and Eve was to have dominion over the earth. But they forfeited their privilege when they sinned. They chose self-will over meekness under the lordship of God. 
And so for us, under the lordship of Jesus, we become co-heirs with Christ and reign with him. Now, is this inheritance a physical one? I mean, yeah, in part, but it definitely has future elements to it as well. And so the world tries to tell you that, no, you should not be meek. You shouldn't submit to anybody. You shouldn't lower yourself. You should, you should be strong and wild like that stallion, and you should... Do your own thing. But the meekness that Jesus is talking about is we have the ability to go out on our own and do anything that we want. I could go live a sinful lifestyle if I wanted to. I could go pursue the desires of my heart and the lust of the flesh that I want to. I could do that. But I submit myself in meekness to God. I And, and again, meek, this idea of having the ability to do it, but yet I surrender to the authority of God. It's humbleness. I humbled myself before God. One of the greatest um, examples of humility is Jesus. Is Jesus in, in Philippians chapter 2. Christ's example of humility, which is similar to meekness, being humble, right? In Philippians chapter 2, you go through and read, right, it's, it's talking about being humble, and then in verse 5 in Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes, have, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. That is the kind of meekness that Jesus is calling us to. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Humbling ourselves. Thinking maybe we have, Jesus had the authority and the ability. He was God. He is God. He's in the form of God. He has the likeness of God. But yet, he he didn't use that to his benefit. He humbled himself and became in the for- he came as a human and lived like one of us. He humbled himself. That's and so Jesus is not asking you to do anything that he didn't do. Jesus wants us to be humble. And so I think about some examples of meekness, right? We just talked about that one with Jesus. Jesus also says in Matthew 11:29, Jesus said of himself, "Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. That's Matthew 11, 29. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. Jesus only did what God wanted him to. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus epitomized meekness. Even though he could have commanded a legion of angels to rescue him, he humbled himself. I think about Abraham. In, oh, what is it? Genesis 13 or 12? I should have looked this up. Sorry, you'll have to forgive me. Let me find this real quick. 
I believe it's Genesis 13. But I may be wrong. Yes, it is. In Genesis 13, Abraham and Lot separate. So Abraham and Lot, their their herds are getting so big and they have so much stuff that their their servants and stuff are starting to quarrel and kind of get angry at one another. And so in Genesis 13, Abraham and Lot split. And so Abraham looks at Lot and basically tells him, you know, look to the right and look to the left. You know, look all around you. You know, whichever way you go, I'll go the other way because we're kin, we're family, and I don't want to fight from you. I don't want to fight you. And so Abraham practiced meekness here. Abraham could have done the selfish thing and looked at which land he thought was best and been like, okay, Lot, God made the promise to me uh, that he'll make a great nation out of me, not you, so I need to have the better land. I'm going to go this way, and so you can go that way. And so Abraham could have done that, but he didn't. He looked at Lot, and he said, whichever way you go, I'll go the other way, because there's no reason that we should quarrel. We're family. And so Lot looked and went down into this area, in this valley area that was beautiful, and he saw it. And then Abraham went the other way. And we actually know how that turned out, because Lot went to what looked good in his, to his eyes. He ended up going to Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know how that ended up, right? Sodom and Gomorrah were wiped off the face of the earth, and Abraham had to go back and save them. And so God blessed Abraham by being meek. Or by Abraham being meek, God blessed him. And God, again, almost like this promise coming to life, and, and Abraham, through the promise of Abraham, the seed of Abraham, inherited the earth, right? The Israelites had their kingdom, and they inherited some earth. and they. But more importantly, this promise that Jesus is talking about is how one day, like the book of Revelation teaches, when the new heavens and the new earth come, and God is back with his people, and we're reigning with Christ, that's the idea that this beatitude is pointing to. That's the blessing. Like, yeah, a little bit of physical blessing here, but it's mostly spiritual at heart. So in conclusion, we see meekness as a Christ-like quality. Meekness is not easy. Without becoming poor in spirit, we cannot become meek. Without mourning over our pride and over our sinful ways and our independence, we cannot become, we cannot come to repentance to desire change and become meek. So again, we need to be meek. That doesn't mean that we let people roll over us all the time. That's not what that means, right? We, we read a little bit about the a soldier and the stallion, and we use the Aristotle examples and how he was talking about it's kind of like a person with balance and kind of knowing when to do something. That's kind of what meekness is. And so that doesn't mean that we just let people talk, talk down on our faith and talk bad about us. No, we stand up for it, but we do it in the loving way and we do it in the right way and at the right time. That's what meekness is. And so I want to ref- ask some reflecting questions for you guys to ask yourselves and think about to yourselves. Number one, do you push for your way, and is your way the right way, or are you teachable, and are you willing to be taught? Next question. When was the last time you invited feedback? When was the last time you asked people for feedback about, you know, hey, you know, how am I doing here, or... Could I do better here? You know, I'm a Christian. Can you notice I am one? Last question. Or I guess so. Two more questions. How good are you at waiting for God's timing? Last question. 
Do you consider yourself to be meek and lowly in heart? Why or why not? I want to thank you guys for coming and being a part and listening. I said, I guess coming, coming virtually. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in and taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope God blesses you and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. God bless.